0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Northfield Radio Program. I am your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule this week to be with us. Oh, my goodness. Um, Man, the cold, I think, is almost all gone. We might have another cold snap, but, uh, man, the sun's been out. It's been great. No snow or ice. Um, So always thankful for that. Hey, I want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee. These guys are just fantastic. Love their, love their drinks, love their service, love their attitude, love everything about these folks. Yeah, do yourself a favor and go check these guys out. Um, if you're in Bartlesville, swing by downtown and get yourself something there in the physical location or just go to outpostcoffeeco.com and you can find out everything you need to know about their caffeinated beverages. You won't be disappointed so on today's program i want to this last week in our church we had our second annual winter bible conference and i, I just wanted to share one of the messages that i preached uh, there was three different preachers there and I, I, this was the message that i preached and I, I just wanted to share this with you all this week so i pray that it encourages you and challenges you as you as you go through this week is it just me or does the world feel tense is it just me Joe, I didn't know if it was just me. It, it, it's, it's, not, it's just you and me? Is it feel like we're on the edge of just... Is it feel insane? Well, just checking. If, if, you, if you can hear me, say amen. There we go. There we go. I, I feel like we're in the midst of insanity. It feels like everyone's angry. I, I feel like the last several months we have in, incurred or, in, or, or seen... Um, Insanity and anger in people to the point where they're ready to explode on one another. Inside and outside of the church. Not not just outside of the walls of the church, but inside the walls of the church as well. It feels like we're on the edge of just all kinds of quarrelsome things that happen to us. Go to James chapter 4. James chapter four addresses this idea of where we are. I'm I'm gonna talk about today about the quarrelsomeness that runs in us and what it looks like to immerse and submit ourselves to God's word. Submit ourselves and immerse ourselves in God's word. But we do, we live in a world that seems, where everyone's angry, everyone's upset. I can even tend to be angry and upset sometimes. Anyone else? Amen. In, in, in the days in which we live. Well, the scripture gives us a clear definition as to why that is taking place in our hearts, and our minds. We're going to start in James chapter four, verse one. What causes quarrels? What causes fights among you? Is it not this? that your passions are at war within you. You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You, you do not have because you do not ask. And, and when you do ask, you, you do not receive because you ask wrongly. You spend it on your passions, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And we're going to stop there and we'll keep going in a minute. But I I want us to see, this is why we live in the world in which we live. This is the problem inside of the church and outside of the church is we are a sinful people who want to do what we want to do. We have a desire to have. We have a desire to obtain. We have a a desire to overcome. And if we don't, we murder. You say, well, Caleb, I'm, I'm not a murderer. I've never murdered anyone. Well, 1 John 3.15 says that if you hate your brother, you are a murderer and will not inherit eternal life. If you hate your brother, if you hate your sister, you do not have eternal life. Like, if you notice, we feel like we have certain rights. And when those rights and I use those in air quotes, are trampled upon, what happens to us when we feel like our rights are being infringed upon? We, we get angry, amen? Like we get, some of us can get very vocal, very loud, very upset about certain things. Have you noticed just in the last 12 months, we feel like our rights have been trampled upon to some degree. And we get, like we can lose our minds on people. Now, there are certain, let me just say, anger in and of itself is not sinful. There's nothing, you could be angry over certain things. In fact, there are certain things that you should be angry over. You're going to hear Brett here preaching just a little bit. There are certain things that we should be angry about as Christians, amen? But as I've said before, probably 98% of the things that you and I get upset about, doesn't really matter. In 10,000 years, it will not matter. And we feel we have these. And if you notice, people, they're, they're totally fine. Most human beings are totally and completely fine until they feel like they've been wronged. And the moment someone feels like they've been pushed on or, or wronged or sent against in a way that is just, you know, they didn't talk to me the way they should have at church. Why didn't they talk to me? I, you know what? They haven't liked any of my stuff on social media in a long time. I don't, know what's, I don't wonder what's going on with them. How come they don't? What's going on? They didn't. When they were passing me on the street, they didn't wave at me. And we just we lose our minds about certain things. And we get angry. Well, James chapter 1 says this in verse 19. Know this, my beloved brother, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak. Let us be quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to anger for the anger of who? The anger of who? Man. Does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, the anger of man, like this, is things that we like that, in the long run, aren't really that important. Not really that important at all. And we're told that this kind of anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, there are there is righteous anger versus unrighteous anger. And we live in a world that is filled with unrighteous anger. We have people inside of the church that are quarreling over things that are unrighteous. And they're upset over certain things that we shouldn't be upset over. Like I have seen, I've been in church, I'm 42 years old. I've been in church my entire life. My dad's a church planner. He's been a pastor since I was in my mama's tummy. I have seen insanity in a Baptist business meeting. Anybody else? Okay, got a couple? Over things like the color of the carpet. Like, what color? I want blue. I think we should have gray. Well, we've got the church of the blue carpet versus the church of the gray carpet. Let's go. And there's this massive fight that takes place over things that are not eternal. They're not eternal in nature. So the, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And therefore, what happens is the outside world sees a church that's fighting over insignificant things. And then we just blow our witness. We, we blow our witness. Now, I, I, here's the deal. I know that everybody in this room, we're sinful. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have blown our witness To some degree at some point in our life. Amen. That that happens. That just that that happens. And we've all done it. But that does not make it right, and it does not make it an excuse for us. We should not excuse and just say, Well, because I hear people all the time, well, I'm just human, just like everybody else, so that's just who I am. No. As you heard, Zach, we're to put this thing to death. We're to put our desires to death. They are not to be something that rears its ugly head on a regular basis. So you say, well, Caleb, what do I what should we do to overcome these things? You've defined it a little bit. What do we do to overcome it? Well, James chapter one, verse 21 says, therefore, after it talks about. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21 says, therefore, put away all filthiness and all rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the engrafted, or depending on your translation, the implanted word of God, which is able to sanctify or save your soul. So number one, we have to immerse ourselves. In God's word. Scripture needs to be immersive in our life. It needs to be everywhere in our lives. Amen. Like it doesn't just need to be here. And I've said this in this pulpit here. If this is all of God you're getting. If this is all the scripture you're getting throughout the week. You're not getting very much. If this is all. The, if this is the only place you're opening this book. This is the only time. This is the only place you're doing this. You're not getting very much. And you wonder why you're being defeated on every hand. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to sanctify or set apart your soul. God's word is the tool that is used by God to transform our Lives, you and I must on a daily, and sometimes my wife. I'll quote my wife. Sometimes hourly, I've got to preach the gospel to myself. Anybody else in the room? Are you guys awake? I brought sugar this morning. There's donuts and, and chocolate milk. You guys should be awake. Hey. <laughs> But the, like this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to immerse ourselves and read it and engraft it. Now, that's, that's, not, that's the first part. That's not the only part of this. That's the first part. That the, that one of the first things we have to do is we have to open it and we have to read it and we have to study and we have to engraft. Engraft means to fuse. We, we engraft that to, we have to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, ask God to do what only God can do by infusing his word inside of us. So it's literally a part of our system. And as a result of God's word being a part of our system and having the gospel in front of us, Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says what? Anybody going to quote it? Nobody? Come on now. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says this, For I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the what? power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. There's power in the gospel. There's power in the word of God. It is a power living, it is a living, breathing document. It is, it is the breath of God. As you, I love that you quote it. The that the, the God breathed. The, the breath of God on paper. It is a living being, a living, uh, breathing document that can transform us. Now, a lot of people will read this And that's as far as it goes. So number one, I think we should read and infuse and immerse ourselves in this word. Amen. But if that's as far as it goes, it's not really, you're not, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Because there's a, there's a part to this. If you are reading and engrafting this into your life, something else is going to take place. You have to submit yourself to what God shows you. As we've been told, the law, the scripture, the scripture, it's like the law is like a mirror. It's a schoolmaster to teach us and to show us. The word of God reveals things about you and I. Amen. How many of you guys have had the word of God reveal something in your own life? You've revealed sin in your own life, and you're like, Man, whoa. There's sin in my life. There's pride, there's arrogance, there's 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 anger, there's there's lust, there's there's envy. What are we supposed to do with that information when we get that information we don't just go well that's nice and keep going we are to submit ourselves to what god shows us in his word so we keep going in james 4 starting in verse 7 submit yourselves therefore to who god Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, be wretched and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and let your joy be turned to gloom. Humble yourselves therefore before the Lord and he will exalt you. So we have to submit ourselves we have to submit ourselves to what God shows us in his word. And when God reveals sin in our lives, it must be repented of quickly. When God convicts, when the Holy Spirit convicts, that is when we are to repent. And we're to run from sin. We're not to play around with sin. We're, to, we're, to, we're not to play with it. We're not to look at it like a kid looks at a little ball and go, oh, that's nice. That's sweet. That's wonderful. That's not what we are to do at all. We are to run from our sin as if it is. You know what? I'll just use this. We should run from sin the way most of us have run from COVID-19. How about that? We're terrified of that thing, but we play with our sin like it's nothing. We're terrified of something that might kill us. But we're terrified or not terrified of something that for sure will kill us. Amen? Amen? Jay, bring that cup real quick. I, I your cup. Bring it to me. So, I've got some friends at the CDC and they filled this thing with COVID-19 this morning. Some of you here, I saw your faces. But some of us are playing with sin as if it's just something to drink in and enjoy. How dare us? We are to repent of this and run from our sins. We are to submit ourselves to what God puts in front of us. If God lays something in front of us from his word, we are to repent of it. Amen. Like that's what we're called to do. And there's an order here. You can't resist the devil if you're not under God's submission. If you're not under the, the protection and the umbrella of God's submission, you're out here alone rangering and be like, I got this. It's just, I got, hey, I got it. The enemy's gonna pick you off. Says, so submit yourselves therefore to God, then resist the devil and he'll flee. If you're, not under, if you're not obeying God's law, you're not listening to God's word, you're not obeying it whatsoever, There's no way you're going to resist the devil. The devil will take you out. But when you live under the the protection and the submission of God's tender tyranny. Tender tyranny, I like that word. Like Zach said this morning, you're a slave to something. You're either a slave to your sin and self or you're a slave to Christ. Period. One of the two. And if you submit yourself, therefore, to God, then you can resist the enemy, the devil, and he will flee. He has no other course of action other than to leave. And in verse 8, says, draw near to God and he will draw near you. So God feels so far away. Caleb. It's in the same place he's always been. He's not the one that's moving. He's not the one that changes. He is constant. He is always where he should be. Draw near to him through repentance, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep over these things. So... So you submit, number two. Number one, you immerse yourself in God's word and as a result of your immersing it, you submit to what God puts in front of you. And when God puts something in front of you, repent and live in such a way that you're in a constant state of confession. You're, you should be in a constant state of confession. You shouldn't be Sin, 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 sin. Then come to something like this and be like, "Oh, I guess I need to repent. Oh, I need to pray." The moment the Holy Spirit convicts is the moment that you should repent. Amen. Like that's the moment that that should take place. But we live in this evangelical world where we think that there's something special about an event like this, or there's something special about a camp or a conference or something where the Holy Spirit can do more of a work. When the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Hello? $3 fine. <laughs> but how do we find, what we, where is, what's, what's the best place to do that? It is by putting yourself in a community of, of believers. A community of believers that say, listen, I understand you're a sinner. But together, we're going to pursue Christ, pursue holiness, long for his righteousness more than we long for the world. Put yourself in a body of believers who will come around you, come alongside you, lift you up in prayer. Come alongside and hold you accountable where you need to be held accountable. Pray for you where you need to be prayed for. Like, we need to stop trying to figure this, like like we've got it all handled and figured out. Like, let me just be honest. I, as a pastor, don't have it all figured out. I sometimes stumble and fall. I sometimes mess up. Anybody else? Okay. Because you say, well, not me. As Zach you're a liar. Like, we, we need to come alongside one another. We don't need to put on the airs of, hey, how are you doing today? Blessed and highly favored. It doesn't need to be that. That's not the direction that we need to have. We need to say, listen, yeah, today's been one of those days. I've struggled in my, I've struggled today. Pray for me. It needs to be, this place needs to be a place where we can come together and repent together, confess often together. When we live in this way, what happens? Verse 10: "When you humble yourself before the Lord, the mighty hand of God, when you humble yourself, and you come in with a repentant and humbled spirit, a meek spirit, Matthew chapter five, what's it say? "I love this. It said, "Blessed are who." Blessed are the meek, blessed are the, or humble, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Those that are longing for these things, man, if you're not, here's the thing, if you're not longing for righteousness, you're not thirsting and hungering for righteousness, that could, could mean that you're not a follower of Christ if you don't have a desire to see Christ manifest in your life, if you don't have a desire to pursue holiness and you love your sin, there is a really good chance you are not a follower of Jesus. You might be spiritual, but you're probably not a Christian. What do you need to do? As Zach said, repent. Repent of your sins. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, humble yourselves before the Lord and he, he will exalt you. But what has to happen? You can't come in with a prideful, arrogant spirit. You can't come in with your thumbs, I actually wore something with lapels in it. You can't put your thumbs and it's like, God's just lucky to have somebody as good looking as this guy right here, right? That's not the attitude that we walk in. We walk in with a, God, what do what we, what's what did the publican say? Not the republican, but the publican. He said, he didn't even lift his head to heaven. He said, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the Pharisee, his prayer was, oh God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. I'm not like Zach, you know. That's, that's not the attitude that we are to have. We're to have a humble spirit about us. A humble voice will carry further than a prideful one will. And what has to happen is you and I, we, now here's the, Here's the, the truth of the matter is that you and I can overcome, but we cannot overcome in our own spirit, our own works, our own things. We have to come in humble and we will overcome any sin in our life by the power of the Holy Spirit of Christ. Like Christ has given you and I access to be able to find and have peace. So oh, really, Caleb, how do you know that? Well, because the Bible tells us so. Romans chapter 5 gives us a very clear, in fact, I shared this two Thursday nights ago with um, an in-home Bible study group. This this text says, therefore, since you have been justified by faith justification we've been justified and we stand in front of god and we have a right standing we've been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ that's why we can stand in front of god justified justification just as if i would never sinned that's what the word justified you can just it's just as if I'd never sinned. When God looks at Caleb Gordon, he sees Christ Jesus. He doesn't see Caleb. And through him, we have obtained access by faith into the grace in now which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Isn't that, isn't that just beautiful? Like, that, that is a beautiful message that the God of the universe will come and redeem and reconcile a treasonous human being like me. Like you. Like, think about this. If, if I could somehow take my phone and there was some sort of a magical app and we could wave it across somebody, everybody in the room, and your thoughts, your actions, your deeds could be projected onto that screen over just the last seven days... How many of you are staying in the room? (laughs) No. No. no, no. Like that God loves us even though we are like this. That, That God came and redeemed somebody that didn't deserve to be redeemed. And that should cause us to have a Holy Spirit excitement about us to know that the Lord Jesus Christ Cares for us, he loves us, he adores us. And that should make us not long to, that should make for, we should have a desire to run towards Christ as a result of this, not run from him. He is not some ogre in the sky waiting to squash you. He is a God, he is the God, the triune God of the universe. And he's given you access to stand in his presence. Not because you're good, but because you're forgiven. You've been set apart, you've been sanctified. And so you have to, how do you say, how do I I overcome? Immerse yourself in this. Read this often, daily, hourly. Get into this, get alone with the word of God, read it and then submit to what he says if he convicts you repent repent and then get into a community where you can get around other believers and say listen here's where I've struggled this week now how, like show me what where, where do i where do i find the answers and that's where we get together and we open god's word and we say Through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of God's word, we can see where there's redemption, there's forgiveness, there's reconciliation. And where you need to repent, do it. Don't hold back. No, no, not me. I don't need to. I'm a rock. I'm an island. No, you're not. No, you're not. You can overcome any sin through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ The only thing that has to happen, number one, is you have to immerse yourself, cover yourself in the word of God, and then submit to his authority. And when you submit to his authority, that is when you will begin to be transformed and you will flourish in your walk with Christ. You will flourish in your walk with Christ when you walk in submission to his word. Amen? Stand together. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take just a couple minutes' break. You guys need to go to the restroom, stretch your legs, um, get a donut or something, you know, ramp yourself up sugar-wise again. Um, go ahead and do that, and then uh, we're going to come back in. Cedric's going to kick us back off um, after our break, and then we'll end up with uh, Brother Brett. And um, I believe what they're going to say this morning is just going to, um, bless us and encourage us and challenge us. But let's pray and then you guys take a break for a few minutes. We'll be about about 10 minutes. Father, we thank you for the morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to be in your presence. Got to pray that you would guard our hearts from discouragement. Father, where there's conviction, where there's been conviction already. Father, I pray that as we take this break, that we'd not just be a break to, to, to do whatever we want, but Father, it's the time for us to reflect on who you are and what you want for us. God, we love you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartlesville Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.